Welcome to How to Have Fun at Work. My name is Lynn Parker, and I spent years doing something I was good at, but not having any fun. Then one of my clients told me that women aren't funny. So I created Funny Women, and the rest is history. In this podcast, I talk to guests from both comedy and business. They have a lot more in common than you would ever imagine. Welcome to How to Have Fun at Work where we unpick the nature of fun and discuss what this actually means in the world of work. Now, many of us have had a very different one-dimensional view over the last year, where we've had no option but to work in isolation during lockdowns and only seen our colleagues and audiences on screen with varying degrees of clarity. As always, I have two very special guests from the worlds of business and comedy who are going to help me find the fun in isolation. Welcome, Ali Powell and Suze Kempner. Hooray! <laughs> First up is Ali, a business specialist who is passionate about growing businesses and helping others achieve greatness. Mm-hmm. She has wide-ranging commercial and strategic experience from sales and marketing to customer experience, business development and more. Ali has worked and lived in Hong Kong, South Africa, USA, Romania, the Middle East, and she's now based here in the UK. She's also worked with major brands like Hilton, Whitbread, Fitness First, Intercontinental Hotels Group, and Pegasus Life. Unsurprisingly, given all this experience, she also won Businesswoman of the Year in 2017. Welcome, Ali. Thank you. So, Ali, do you have fun at work? Uh, yeah, I absolutely do. Um, I've always um, tried to have fun at work. I think it's it's like a positive intention that you're gonna, you know, choose like choose your attitude. I, I choose to have fun all the time. You know, try to role role model it myself. If I'm managing teams, you know, I always try to be fun. And here, uh, running my own company, I think you can just set the tone um, during conversations with people. You have a really great little icon of you on all your sales literature, which is a I would describe as a cartoon. And that is that your alter ego, Ali? <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Yeah, thank you. It's just quite like you say, fun. It's cartoon, stroke, digital avatar, whatever word you want to say. Um, yeah, I like to be different. I I am um quirky, you know, different. So Hopefully, like you said, it gives a good impression from the start because that usually comes on before sort of Zoom kicks in um, about, ooh, this is a bit, like I say, fun or different here. Yeah, It's all about owning it, isn't it, really, and owning your your different style of uh, marketing, the way you present yourself. Now, my second guest is Suze Kempner, who came to my attention when she won the Variety Award in the 2012 Funny Women Awards. Sue's specialty is musical comedy. Our audiences absolutely love her, as did those at the world-famous Edinburgh Fringe festivals from 2014 to 2019, before the stages went dark. But no freeze frame for Sue's. She became a Twitter sensation with her tales of being a Christina Aguilera singer-like in Ayanapa, and she has taken the virtual world by storm with her green screen and impressions. She's also a Twitch sensation. Welcome, Suze. Thank you, Lynn. I will have I'll have that for my eulogy. Thank you. <laughs> so you're a comedian. You work mm. in the world of comedy. So everybody yeah. 
as they do with me, assumes that work is always fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> is it? On a good day, it's the best day of your life. On a bad day, it's the very worst. And we're constantly chasing the good days. There are way more good days in comedy than bad, though. That's a good... That's. I, th- I think that's true. Yeah. I think you're right. The good outweighs the bad. Definitely. You remember the good stuff. So... Yeah. Both of you, um, I'll start with Ali. Um, let's talk about our theme of isolation, which is weighing heavily on us. Um, what does it mean to you, Ali? Yeah, so isolation is, you know, when you sort of are forced to have some restrictions imposed on you. So um, self-isolation, you know, being on your own in a house or with your family, pretty uh, dark pretty grim pretty grim and what about you Suze what does it mean what does it mean to you yeah same it's mainly isolation from people so for me I've found that isolation during lockdown hasn't weighed as heavy as I thought it would if I'd seen on paper what it would be like because of things like zoom Mm. thank Mm. goodness for the internet can you imagine if we'd been forced to go through this 20 years ago yeah I can't I can't I can't. I just think, I think we'd have all, I don't know what we'd have done. <laughs> given up. <laughs> given up. Gone on a wagon train across America. Yeah. I just, yeah. it just doesn't bear thinking about, does it no, really? No, it really no. doesn't. So do you, do you strive or thrive working alone, Ali? Are you, are you a loner? Do you, do you like working on your own or yeah. do you need people around you? I think I maybe like 60% actually enjoy it. Um, mm. I, I do love to get stuck in and deeply think through things. I get energy, I think, from being able to focus. So, yeah, I, yes. <laughs> and and you don't need lots of people around you to function. You've, you've got your working life sorted so you know that you can work on your own. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's certain things I've just got to focus on myself. Um, and then there's other moments, absolutely, for um, collaboration and more creativity with others. Um, I, yeah, I would, I would hate to be five days a week on my own. I think it's about balance. It's just I tend to, you know, find that easier, say, than my husband, who's massively on the extrovert scale and is just trying to talk to anyone, the postman or whatever, <laughs> say hi. You know? Yes, I must admit in the early the early stages of the first lockdown, just anyone that you could talk to, <laughs> it was just like, oh, let's talk to somebody other than my husband. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. What about you, Suze? I think, uh, I think I work, it turns out, relatively well alone. I, But because I'm a comedian, need an audience. It's no good. It's no good if I'm just doing my work to myself. So yeah, it's the crossover into lockdown with audiences hasn't been as jarring as I thought. As like like I just said, on paper, having been told, yeah, you'll just talk into camera and a mic on a in a room on your own, and then you'll have a text chat down the side of the people watching. I'd have gone. This will never work. It'll be the worst thing that's ever happened. But it's all right. It works all right. And um. As quite a bad comedian, I'm used to playing to silence. So <laughs> that is not true, and we will have no self-deprecation on my podcast, especially after the introduction I gave you. Yes, that's true. That's true. 
but it is good training. It's good. I think once I get in front of an audience, I'll be amazed at the amount of thinking time I then have. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the, the interesting thing, I think for both of you, I think you both sort of said the same thing from both a business and a creative perspective. There's quite a lot that you can do in isolation if you have the right mindset. It's all about, you know, the thinking time, Ali, you said, being creative. I mean, I'm with you. I went in the old world when I used to travel into London probably two or three days a week. I used to absolutely look forward to the day when I was stuck at home on my own Mm. because I knew it was my thinking time. What would you say to that, Suze? Yeah, definitely. You t- this this is one of the problems with lockdown. You don't have the feeling of a day off ever because we're at home all the time. Yeah. Um, so what I found it's really important is to break up your workspace and your living space if you have the luxury to do so. So uh, for the last couple of months, particularly, my bedroom has been my whole studio setup. And if I've got a day where I've got three different tasks to do, I'll make sure I leave the room for my breaks. So I'll make sure I'm downstairs in the kitchen and the lounge for when I've got breaks in the working day. Otherwise, it just gets like you it, it stops being your bedroom anymore it just becomes like oh okay well I just I'm just in here now <laughs> it it's a bit like um theatrical blocking I think you know mm. having a different space to work in um, um my office is in in the basement or in UK speak the cellar Mm-hmm. And it's and it's quite dark and I crave, I feel like a mole. I have to come out to get some daylight. But yeah. I actually use that now. I know that my cellar is my safe space. It's where I can go and be. And actually coming up <laughs> into the light. Mm. Um, I like that space because I can look out to the garden and be a bit more creative. Mm. Ali, um, Ali is sitting with um, a very exotic uh, background behind her. <laughs> Which I don't think is her real house, but uh, you often you often have that on, Ali. So is that what you aspire to? Is that what are you hiding yeah. behind your um, exotic seascape? Yeah, I just yeah, it, it, it is um, like a beautiful paradise sort of villa. I imagine you're in Maldives or Greece. I think mm. it's yeah, quite calming and. Um, positive and you know because I I work a lot in the hospitality and leisure space you know this could be a posh hotel lounge so it's it's sort of um yeah that theme I think Susan and I are already were there with you actually yeah uh, that sounds great (laughs) but that's setting the scene Ali from a business point of view I'm actually quite interested in that because you do work a lot in the leisure and hospitality industry so tell us a little bit about that because That can't have been much fun. <laughs> yeah, it's been like so super tough. Um, um, just yeah, terrible not to be able to get out and about. You know, sort of itchy. You know, as much as like I say, when I'm doing analytical work or um, focusing, it's good to be on your own. My my job is is needing to be out there and experience these hotels. You know, I, I'm I love to do like a proper. Um, customer end-to-end experience and so you know to do that you've got to be sitting in there you've got to be a mystery shopper whatever who can go and sit you've got to experience it all so um, yeah it's 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 really um, tricky it's been very difficult for for the whole industry as other industries too but um, can't just yeah just can't wait to get the lights back on on the 12th of April. I mean the, the 
the thing is, it's very great deal of parallels between the industry that um, Susan and I work in and the industry that you work in because it's all theatre of a sort, isn't it? It's all about the um, what the public see and entertaining them, you know, which might be a meal or a beautiful hotel room. So how how is your industry, do you think, going to come out of isolation and work with people again? Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to come out with a with a bang. You know, everybody is in hospitality. You're naturally, you know, about caring and you're about people. So, um, you know, people that we can't wait to be with the people again. Um, there is a lot, of, you know, um, that has been proven about just the, the power and the importance of human contact and belonging and connection. Um, as much as we might have digitalized some of the guest experience in the meantime, just to make it safe, for instance, digital check-in, this sort of thing, um, that that face-to-face um, human humanness is is um, key. So so yeah, I think everybody's going to just just be um, you know ec- ecstatic and all about the customer service. What about all those people who have to isolate when they arrive in the UK and uh, uh, quarantine? I mean, that's an interesting one. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, you know, it is, isn't it? I mean, yes, there's all sorts of um, tricky issues going on. But um, yeah, that that is tricky. It's tricky on, I think, everyone, the staff and, and the customers. Um, for most, like I say, hopefully they... Um, they're not ex- experiencing that. I mean, a lot of my life is talking about how to get revenue from staycations. So um, there is like 170 billion of savings, you know, pent up to spend now. So um, yeah, we, we um, I try to advise people on who to target, you know, do you go for like um, pets and staycations? That's a massive uh, segment. Or do you go for families or escapes, you know, and just build these fantastic experiences that people can start dreaming of. Mm. That's fun. I like the sound of that. Suze, do you fancy a staycation? What's what's your ideal staycation? I, I'm one of those people who finds holidays a bit of a pain, actually. So, <laughs> so I kind of like, oh, stay at my own home, I'll do it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I like the idea of just um, staying in a hotel near my house for a while. So... <laughs> Is that actually the definition of a staycation? I think staycation is you're at home, yeah. Is that right, Ali? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, staycation <laughs> is just somewhere domestically that you're... Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, Susie, it would be good to know where you live. Like I said, I could recommend some... <laughs> I mean, I cannot wait for a spa treatment. That That is just the ultimate. Ah, uh, right. I, I just want a full-on, like, not just an hour. Like, I think it needs to be two and a half hours of mm-hmm. proper indulgence. <laughs> Mm. I need a haircut. <laughs> I've been cutting my own hair. I should do a tutorial on it, on uh, cutting your own hair in lockdown. Cause <laughs> I think you should do a Funny Women, How to Cut Your Own Hair. I think that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to How to Have Fun at Work, brought to you by Funny Women and Hilarious. So... Uh, let's get back to our um, workplaces, our respective workplaces. I want to talk a little bit more, uh, get away from coming out of isolation and talk about how important that collaboration with other people 
is and what you think what 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 are the things that matter most to you when you're working with other people and how does it inform your creative and professional practice ali uh, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of collaboration and I, and I think 2021 will be about celebrating collaborations, you know, much, much more out there, not needing to white label and strategic partnerships and all this um, on, on steroids. So, um, yeah, I mean, I always say straight up, you know, I'm all about collaboration. I'm always just looking at um, different um, companies, individuals to partner with. I think the world is sort of karma like that. It's, you know, really makes the world variety and interesting talking to um, all sorts of people. And I think, you know, the, the nice thing about being your own boss as well now is you can hopefully just choose to work with decent people, you know, and not like some of the nightmares um, that, that some of us go through in every walk of life. But yeah, I'm hoping when we do all go back to some kind of realm of norm- normality that people will have learned lessons uh from this i mean i hate to uh, that sounds awful but you know i think we we've learned to appreciate other people and the joy of collaborating i mean suze is that do you think as a performer i mean how's how how do you think this is will inform your process going forward i know you work a lot on your own as do a lot of performers but you know that we still all need to work together we need to do things like this produce podcasts Ali produces videos you know we all we do all work together in some sort of chain reaction yeah I feel like I've been collaborating more in the past 12 months than I was beforehand because there's like a real catharsis in when you're on your own all day in the same four walls being able to then speak to colleagues in a work environment is great so yeah I've been on so many podcasts this last 12 months and it's always just nice to see people <laughs> we're lucky to have you by the sounds of it Suze <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far but uh yeah I th- I think um I'll be collaborating on projects more coming out of this um I completely agree with Ali I think 2021 and 2022 are going to be the year of the collaboration I think 2022 in particular has the capacity to be the biggest Edinburgh Fringe ever gosh that's Maybe a slightly daunting year, prospect, year. I have to say. <laughs> next year is um, Funny Women's 20th anniversary, so <laughs> maybe that that will be a good excuse to do something. Uh, in yeah. yeah, but I do think that we've missed what is arguably the world's biggest trade show, Edinburgh Fringe, mm-hmm. um, for performance art. Controversially, I think it's probably quite a good thing because I think it's. May- I think we we will reframe it as a business strategist putting you on the spot here horribly but it yeah have you got any sort of tips for people in the entertainment industry who are in the same situation I mean Suze is already quite well established and have done how many Edinburgh's have you done uh seven seven mm. so you know you've you've got your you've got your um you're an established act so you've got that but I'm not asking you to talk about that Ali but have you got any I mean you and I work together um Ali's on our advisory board and you know you've given me some spectacular advice at times so are there any really good tips you could give somebody from a business perspective about you know motivating their their worth in terms of performance putting on shows doing podcasts have you got anything you can offer 
So yeah, from so from you mean like me sort of talking to businesses about why they need um some entertainment. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think absolutely um everyone needs it because it's all about um communication, really. In the end of the day, people communicating with people to get things done. And um, you know, we we know and there's lots of facts about how comedy can really enhance and enable that effect of communication. So um, yeah, I I, th I think it's you know could really enhance your performance. It's also, I mean, I'd be interested on your views about this, Lynn. Is something I talk a lot about is emotional intelligence, you know, and how I think that's like eighty percent of success as a leader. And comedy, I mean, you know, there must be so many dimensions of emotional intelligence that it plays into in terms of, um, yeah. I mean, I think. Well, I'll get. I'll ask Susan a minute, but I think. Um, being a performer, I'd like to think it gives you emotional intelligence. <laughs> Susie's laughing here. Um, and I think it does give you it if you are tuned into it. But there is something else that goes on as a performer, um, which is that you don't always hear. You, don't, you, you have so much white noise around your own performance and your own adrenaline and the rush of being on stage sometimes I don't think you listen to the signals as well as you might do is that a good descriptor Suze? Oh very good yeah I think some people's emotional intelligence in comedy is uh could could be do with some fine tuning and some is too finely tuned like yeah we've all met the comedians who are like they take everything as a personal slight and others who just sort of bulldoze their way around but yeah you do have to uh, like I don't think you can do comedy unless you are someone who is good at knowing what people want. Because um, if you've got a rowdy Saturday night crowd in some city centre and you go out there just going, I don't know what any of these people want, then you're going to find yourself in big trouble. So, yeah. <laughs> well, just to bring it back to what Ali does with mm. hotels and, and restaurants mm. and gyms and things, it's exactly the same. You've got to give, mm. you've got to give people what they want, you know. Mm -hmm. If you want, yeah. you know, Ali wants a spa, she wants that spa to have everything ready for her. <laughs> yep, no, I was, I was going to say that. That is absolutely it, Lis listening to it and, um, yeah, just constantly evolving as well, mm. which I guess, you know, is, is absolutely what comedy is doing as well as how do you stay relevant is a really yes. thing in business is constantly, you know, getting feedback from customers and competitors in the market. There are more parallels with the the workplace and the corporate market and comedy than people realise. And, you know, that's really important for me to bridge that level of understanding because we do quite a lot of corporate work and mm. for as Suze knows and, and works with us on a few things, it's it's a really important income stream as well. And, you know, part of part of doing what we're doing here is getting people to realise that, you know, someone like Suze can come in and talk to your workplace about all sorts of things, you know, how to film yourself, how to present yourself. I mean, you're both good at that, actually. So, yeah. you know, it, it's that it's that crossover. I think people are quite frightened sometimes. You've got to feel the fear sometimes and, mm. to, you know, be open to it. It's back to being open, isn't it, and listening. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, yeah. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? 
This is How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker, the founder of Funny Women. To find out how to have fun in your workplace, visit www.herlarious.co.uk. Okay, um, I am going to ask you now to come up with your top tip, please, for how you have fun at work. I don't mind in what what work it is. It can be working in comedy, working in hotels, whatever. But yeah, can I, um, let me come to you. Let's come to you first, Ali. How to have fun at work. So yeah, I'd, I'd say um, it's about the attitude, you know, so um, don't take yourself too seriously. Um, you know, try to try to crack some form of joke laughter in the first few minutes of striking reporters, someone to, to you know, set set the scene and um build build it up and um yeah just 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 be 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 easy and 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 open to it yeah in in uh comedy it's known as your banker joke your opener right. <laughs> and i have to say i have been i have been party to quite a lot of awful <laughs> awful opener banker jokes in my working life in my previous life when i worked in pr and marketing usually delivered by the opposite sex <laughs> yeah yeah I was gonna I that was what I imagined <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um and in fact also because I do have a propensity to say what I think and to try and be funny although I'm not a comedian um that actually wasn't so well received but I think I'd like to think that's changing do you think so Ali do you think that the the workplace is a little bit more open to a humorous opener in the boardroom yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, t- I totally would 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 recommend that. I said I, twenty years ago, you know, maybe not, but I say we've come on a, a lot there. You know, that was it was like myself. I was just thinking we had to be so corporate and serious back then, or especially as a woman trying to you know grow, and and that's like I say that's just it's just not good. It just doesn't get the best out of you. Doesn't get best out of others. So um, yeah, like relax into it. See who you are. So humour, humour is a good device, and it certainly helps us, I think, to be a little bit more confident and open. Suze, what's your top tip about how to have fun at work? Given that you always have fun at work, well, it's it should always be fun. Um, so I can only speak, obviously, from the POV of being a comedian, or can I? Because for years I worked in uh, admin, so <laughs> I find that tr- try and make the space around your work fun so when I was working in office I always had a drawer full of sweets I also always made my commute uh as good as I could with a really good podcast so whether you like podcasts or music um just something to look forward to on the way to work as far as I'm concerned I have the luxury now of doing what I love for a living so uh, I, th- I can't remember who it was it Judy Dench who she said I run to work because she loves her job so much so I, I have that now um, but my favourite bit of the job and what I'm looking forward to getting back to the most is the green room because the best bit of any gig and like funny women gigs particularly because it's a bunch of brilliant female comics in a room the best bit is the bit before you've gone on stage and after you've gone on stage to talk to the amazing colleagues I do want to just mention your amazing story where you weren't having fun at work you would tell us briefly about the um 
The Ayanapa phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. My first ever professional job was uh, in when I was 22, 2007. I was a Christina Aguilera tribute act in Ayanapa. Um, the backdrop did not resemble Ali's beautiful Zoom background. It was... Uh, Awful lot more Soviet than that, but the sun was very bright. Yeah, I was the Christina Aguilera tribute act in a awful company living in awful accommodation, playing in awful clubs. And my main memory of it is a lot of cockroaches and desperately trying to get my passport back so I could go home. <laughs> but you turned it into... <laughs> yeah, just 12 years later... It became a viral thread on Twitter when I tweeted about this job, not expecting anything from it. It went super viral. It was retweeted by many celebrities, including Piers Morgan. Uh, and one of the good decisions he's made was retweeting that thread. It got picked up by uh, production companies and is now a pilot ready to go for whoever was is interested in shooting in a beautiful location they're fighting for you the they deals are, yeah they are thrusting yeah. the, their money at you Suze, <laughs> so I'm anyone very, out very there you need to you need to move quickly because it's absolutely <laughs> it. brilliant story and <laughs> thank you waiting to be made and i'm sure ali could provide uh, maybe one of yeah. her clients could provide a suitable location for it oh yeah Absolutely. I mean, there, you know, I, I must say that something else I think business can learn a lot from comedy listening to your story there is is about being brave, you know, mm. because that takes so much guts to <laughs> stand up as Christina Aguilera, stand up and people, you know, it is, you know, incredibly impressive how you do that. And, you know, one of the biggest um, things to be successful in business is, is exposure. You know, I, I learned that out um quite late in my life, unfortunately, but exposure is apparently something like 60% of your success mm, and then mm -hmm. small bit image and like 10% performance. And that exposure bit, you know, is what everyone just needs to be a lot better at. Just like Lynn says, feeling the fear and just doing it anyway, right. I'm yeah. just get out there. I'm going to talk to my boss. boss. I'm going to get to that social, but you got, you know, you comedy, you're just nailing that all the time. Well, so what would, what would the wonderful Christy, Christina Aguilera say, Suze, to that? <laughs> keep going mm. she well she's someone who um she was a child star so she was one of the mickey mouse club kids um and essentially had an awful lot of spotlight on her from an early age and was super sexualized by the industry she was in and uh, I'm so impressed now when she's got a real air of like, oh, I don't care. I don't care. She gets lots of comments about her weight, which seems insane because she's probably about a size 10 or 12. But I, she really does seem to be very grounded. And I I think about that often when um, my... <laughs> when when my job is feeling like too much and I feel like, oh God, uh, what if people are saying this about me? What if people are saying that about me? Ultimately, uh, it doesn't really matter. It's uh, how you feel about what you're doing is important. Um, you know, unless you're a giant racist or something, don't, be, don't do that. <laughs> um, I think that's a really good note to end on. Thank you both for your fantastic insights and advice. Um, uh, can I just uh, get you to tell us where... We can find you, uh, your socials, uh, Suze. 
Yeah, I'm on Twitter, twitter.com slash suzuk, S-O-O-Z-U-K. I also stream regularly on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash suzkempner, all one word. Brilliant. And do catch her on, on Twitch because it's uh, a, a been a brilliant success for you, hasn't it? It's been great in lockdown. Yeah, thank you. I, I will continue it when we're all free. <laughs> and Ali, where can we find you? Um, yeah, so Ali Powell, I think the um, two places really, you know, one is um, on, on LinkedIn. I'm there a lot, like Lynn says, doing, doing videos and I will be getting out there and showing the likes of me on the road um, soon from April. So um, yeah, LinkedIn, Ali Powell, my company's Commercial Acceleration or check out my website, www.comaccel.co.uk. That's brilliant. We, we'll put those notes in the information about the podcast. Um, we'll hopefully, um, Ali's videos are brilliant on LinkedIn. Uh, it's, it's one of the highlights of LinkedIn because there aren't many. <laughs> 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 but actually, Ali does bring a really great sense of humour to it, which is amazing. So thank you so much, both of you. And um, we look forward to seeing you back in the real world very soon. Thank you. You too. Bye. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker. If you like us, please subscribe, review and share. Sick, 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 sick,